Over the weekend, we saw the NWA run two pay-per-views from their spiritual home in St. Louis, Missouri. The first was Norwood's pay-per-view booked by executive producer Mickey James, and the second was the NWA 73rd anniversary show. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and base tracks pro wrestling around On today's show, we talk about the NWA shows in our first segment. We have a new world's champion. We saw an incredible promo from Ric Flair. Camille defended the title twice, and there were so many more uplifting moments. We have headlines for the weekend in segment two. The owner and operator of ProWrestlingPickup.com, Al Carl, is in the house. And this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 30th, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. Al Carl, welcome to the show. Yeah, I've been on my honeymoon. I was down in Key West that we saw now. And, uh, if you watched the Federal League Podcast SummerSlam special, I did it from Key West, Florida. The most southern place in the continental United States. They uh, have their big claim to fame. And uh, I got a little bit of a different setup. I actually, uh, I think my phone again, my laptop, my book, my steps on tripod. Now I have the floor. So this is going to be a good episode. It's been a great day. I stepped in cat poop this morning. This is a great day so far, right? Uh, coffee's fresh, coffee's fresh, but we're good. Let's talk some rice. Look at Ric Flair. Great. Ric Flair is amazing. When they announced Ric Flair for the NWA 73rd show yesterday, I thought, okay, fine. He'll be out there. He'll, you know, maybe cut a little promo, say something. He'll appear. It'll be nothing. It'll be just nothing segment or whatever. From the moment Ric Flair walked out on that stage, he looked fantastic, first and foremost. The last yeah. several times I've seen him, he looked like he was just like, like butter spread over too much bread type of situation where his skin was like taut. He looked amazing on the, like, on this show for being his age and going through what he's gone through. He walked out there. He commanded the crowd for about 10 minutes and cut a promo like only Ric Flair can cut. He spoke from the heart. There was no script there. And I, you know what the funny thing was? I'm listening to this. Uh, I listened to it this morning. Uh, I, I, I sent on your, on your thread. I had a fantasy track last night. Uh, I couldn't find even Rhea anywhere, but I guess it was the wrong sport. But I watched it this morning and I can see where people... I can see the cynics right now just being like, you know what? He was just saying all that stuff so that Charlotte doesn't get punished for Emily. I think he said something with, he did a podcast where he, he did a, a, a critique. He criticized Emily for something, however they used, whoever it was. I forget the story. Who knows if it's true or not? But then all of a sudden, well, he was just saying that. Now, this was Ric Flair. This was from the heart. This was everything. Oh, and the whole story, they actually didn't the whole documentary on when Triple H brought Ric Flair back from the dead quarter quote with Flair was losing his confidence and all that. And you can see there's no ill will. This business, Rick gets it, and he put over the NWA huge, which he should because he's exactly right on what he said. You know, from Triple H to The Undertaker to whoever, they grew up watching the NWA. So that is just, that is point one. It's not the WWE that you saw in the title, NWA 73 years. Like, holy crap. And then you saw the Billy Corrigan actually produced Mildred Burks, NWA women's. Yeah. They looked like a wristwatch. That was, that was in the final. So that was actually really cool. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you 100% on this Ric Flair thing. And you're right. The cynics are probably going to come out and say what they need to say. 
but these aren't necessarily some of these things he was saying were not new stories, but he had everybody's attention from the moment he walked out. And I liked how articulate he was in his delivery. When he first took the mic, I thought, oh no, this isn't going to go well, but he got, he got going and he just, as he started going, he started talking, he just kept rolling with it. And he became that Ric Flair that we knew from all, from all these years ago, he was cut promos. He, he said something in the beginning about him not being able to, he basically asked Billy if he could talk about, he didn't say what it was then, but he was, could he talk about WWE? And he says, Billy Corrigan said to him, you could do what you want. You're Ric Flair and Flair. Yeah. Well, I have heard, and I have heard that in a long time. And he thought he was going to go negative, but he did it. He went, he turned that thing and he went positive. He starts, oh, he starts the promo by saying, let me tell you what I did yesterday. He talked to Charles Barkley. He, someone told him he couldn't talk to Darius Rucker. So he called Darius Rucker. He talked to Lawrence Taylor and you want to know why? Because he's Ric Flair and he was the NWA world's champion. And he just, and that would, that's what the end of the world champion does as drinks with Dennis Ryan. That's, that's right. <laughs> and he kept going with that and he kept coming back. So as he told all these stories and he left, he talked about WCW and the end there. And he talked about his run in WWE, but he would always come back and, and shape it about the NWA. And I thought that was so good because he's got this whole history, 40 years, 50 years wrestling, however long it was. And he's found a way to bring everything back. He's talking about thanking Hunter and thanking Sean and thanking Vince. He said, Vince won't see this, but he'll hear about it. And he'll say, Ric Flair is back where he belongs with anyone who wants to be with him on any given night. That's his right. And he started tearing up. He says, do you know what Hunter has in his office? It's not the WWE championship. It's the NWA world championship. And he just kept hitting this point. He says, a lot of people want to work in this business that can't work in WWE. They can't exactly. in, w in AEW. They can work here now. Wrestling needs brands. And he just kept hitting this point home. And he said, I can be here tonight. I can hop on a plane and go see Steve McMichael tomorrow. I can have dinner with Tony Khan on Thursday. And I can sit in the front row and watch Chris Jericho, who watched Ric Flair wrestle Nick Bockwinkel in Winnipeg as the NWA world's champion. And he kept going back to it and making it about the NWA. And he talked about getting a payoff in in St. Louis that he would you know, have $6,000 for working the main event and he'd only have $1,200 by the time he got to the Delta gate. And you know what? He gave a $200 tip to the guy who's shining his shoes and a hundred dollar tip to the bartender on the way to the gate because he's the NWA world champion. That's it. They knew how hard he worked. That was his hard I worked. But this, that was the best point. That was the best point. Wrestling needs brands. Yeah. I, I love that. That was just, it's, it's not a competition. It, now, the, the, the Monday, sure, Monday night, maybe WCW made in college, who knows where, right? it's just, but it's, they need TV time for these guys. And again, that's my only night is that I, I love AEW. I know sometimes I'm more, neg I'm more negative on the fans of AEW because it, they're so one-sided. You know, it, it's not fair. You know, it's just, it's, there's something for everybody. It's the main point. But even AEW's roster is stupid. But it's, there's, they, 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 there's holes for everybody. They need a hold. You have Ring of Honor. You have New Japan. There's, there's plenty of platforms now in 2021. This is a great time to be a wrestling fan. I don't know why people are just so kind of get on it. Like, yeah, okay, it's not gold 24-7. I get that. But it's just, you know what? It could be worse. You could be watching, I guess, or a Billy Wakes competition. I don't know what, you know, shut up and be a big judge. The whole thing in WrestleMania 36, right? Shut up and be great. 
Like that's, you could not have options, right? That's what the, that's what the alternative is. You could be sitting here and you could only have Raw and SmackDown to watch and not have AEW and not have impact. We have wrestling every night of the week. And most days we have more than one show. So it's, yeah. And, and that's what it was in like 2001, 2002. WWE wasn't now. Yes. So they lost their competition. ECW was dead. Impact didn't start yet. Ring of Honor didn't start yet. Yeah. yeah it, New Japan was not a thing for American TV. Like they had it. So like now it, it, it's run out. It was TNA starting and Ring of Honor starting. You know, that wasn't on TV. It eventually it was. And that it, it's everything. It's, just a, it's a great time to do that. And now we have, now we got CM Punk back. Now we have Brock Lesnar back, Becky Lynch back, Ruby Riot's coming back, Daniel Bryan possibly back on Sunday. Heard that we'll sort of that later. There's, it's just yeah. Sunday's card and all out is stacked. And there's two matches that dynamite where I'm going to complain about, like, why the hell aren't these matches on a pay-per-view? Like, why can't you see FTRs? Yeah, but that's a different story. But it's just, it's such a great time. And then tonight, we got the, uh, a huge Raw card. I missed Raw last week because of the honey. When I caught up on everything else, you just said Raw's card last week said pre-production was great. SmackDown was great. NXT, I guess, is going to have some issues. We're going to get to that. But so the UK, again, on or like, this is, it's perfect. And Ric Flair summed it up in about 10 minutes. Yep. And he did that while also always bringing it back to the NWA. And I, <laughs> the other thing I, I want to, Ric Flair, he cut that great promo. He wasn't the only celebrity guest though, that they had Conan was also there later in the night and Conan didn't have the 10 minutes that Ric Flair had had Conan. He, he accompanied, uh, La, La Rebellion, which is bestia, say, 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 and Mecha Wolf to the ring as they challenged for the tag titles, which they won. And then I believe they're the first, um, Latin, uh, tag team champions in the NWA's 73 year history, but Conan talked about the diversity of the business today that didn't exist when he broke in. And he talked about the companies working together that you see now too, and how great that is. So Conan was taking the points that Ric Flair made, and he was expanding on them even further to say, look, we have all this diversity now. Wrestling is great. Yes. There's all the brands for people to work at and the brands are working together and people are represented when they weren't before. So the end of the broke. I don't know. I don't know early Conan, but the first time, and I didn't even realize it was Conan. First time I saw Conan was in the space costume. There you go. Yeah. Couple of little instants, Max Moon. And, and now he is like this ambassador, Mexican wrestling. He's involved yeah. in AAA down there, which AAA's relationships with MLW and AEW and NWA, anybody, who, uh, Ring of Honor, anybody who wants to work with them, they're there, they're represented. And Conan is on almost all these shows now because everybody wants to get the rub from Conan. Everybody knows what it means when Conan walks out there. So it's really Conan wears it on as I am with New Jersey. Conan is with Mexico. Like we're any type of Latin Southern. And that's great. You, you want to be that cheerleader. You want to be the guy in the corner for this random Mexican tag team in the NWA or with you know, Santana and Ortiz or with you know, it, it doesn't even roll around. There's a bunch of, imagine him with a legato, like Conan walking around a legato, they'll uh, tap me. I'm sure he would do that in a heartbeat to put these guys over. Yep. To do an appearance. Yeah, for sure. So the whole thing about the NWA and it will get to Empower because Empower was a great show. And I bet you more people watched Empower, the all women's show on Saturday, than watched the 73rd anniversary show on Sunday. But on the opening of the 73rd anniversary show, the cold open was John Goodman. 
and he was doing a, a kind of a talk about where the NWA has been, what its history is in St. Louis. And the, the idea that they brought up in this cold open was that they were memorializing their history while also pushing everything forward. So it was marrying those two things. You go to say, you go to the Chase Park Hotel and you, you are there for the history. You root today's product in the historical venue, the spiritual home of the NWA. And that kind of weaved its way through. And as you see at the very end of the, the last match of the weekend was Trevor Murdoch challenging Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And Trevor comes out, he's basically wearing the same jacket that Harley Race would have worn, right? It was the, it was a tribute yeah. jacket. It was modeled the same way with the red and the blue and stuff. I got Harley sitting behind me over here. And Trevor Murdoch, new NWA World's Champion, you know, after a 1,044-day reign as champion, Nick Aldis dropped the belt to Trevor Murdoch. We have Walter and Nick Aldis losing their belts within eight days after holding them eh. for a 1,000. Yeah, I think they're 1,700 to five, 1,800 to five. Yeah, so I, I didn't give Trevor Burdock a shot. I, I made a joke and a friend when I tried to wait after I did, please God, big shot, it's Trevor Burdock, you know? And I just, it's, it's Trevor Burdock, whatever. And I looked at Trevor Murdoch, I'm like, and you know what? I should come out of retirement. <laughs> That's what I, I, <laughs> I know. I, I am not in shape, but I feel like I'm in better shape than Trevor. But he's not a little guy. I thought he's not moving up. I don't know where we're going that one time. Okay, check. And whatever, but it, it makes complete sense. You had this huge, everything that you just mentioned. You had this huge historical event when they're marrying everything. You have Rick Flair out of there, Harley Race's best friend, and you have a guy ain't shouldn't the Harley Race. It, it, it completely, this was the time. I, I, get, I get it 100%. I, I'm not going to open the Trevor's. Trevor's family was there. And we thought, being, oh, wow, he, he really is retiring after this. But now, uh, you have the title change, and Flair came out. Flair put him over at the end. I, I, I will get at the end. I, I'm a bulldog, and you know, Flair, you know, the timing was perfect. The timing was perfect for Nick Aldis to finally drop that. And kudos to Nick Aldis. There was a lot of guys over the past years, I'm sure, incredible challenges. I remember I, I specifically watched him versus Mike Bennett. Maybe I mean, if it was like last year, maybe. I'm um, a big Mike Bennett fan, but they, uh, yeah, perfect timing. It, it made complete sense and sent the town home. I they saw that was the whole thing. It was a historical, and they saw this, they saw a thousand day ring on that. Yeah, it was, it's nice. They tied this moment to this event that they were, let's come back to St. Louis and things like that. And Trevor Murdoch announced, but typically he's announced from Texas, built from Texas. But on that night, they said born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. And. Yes, the whole, he was trained by Harley Race. He has this close connection with Harley Race and everything. And they had a killer match. And you're right, Tre you look at Trevor Murdoch and he's not the guy you look at and you say he's not a world champion. He doesn't have a world champion look, but neither did Ray Mysterio, neither did Shawn Michaels, neither did Steve Austin or Eddie Guerrero. And they're the best of all time. They're not an Italian, not the boat, I know, but they're, they're, those guys are some of the greatest of all time. Uh, you just compared Trevor Murdoch so about four or five. <laughs> Trevor Murdoch does not look like a world champion, but neither did those guys no. who we consider to be the best of all time. So I'm just saying that I you can't judge a book by its cover. No, yes, no, no, he can't. It's not going to be Tre Trevor Murdoch is not going to be selling out Madison Square Garden, but he'll sell out the Chase Park Plaza Hotel at St. Louis, Missouri. 
You know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call right now. I think Shannon Brown asked me the one that beats Teddy Olmec. Actually, no, Christian Cage was Sunday. Shannon Brown out would be the guy that beats Christian Cage, the AEW World Champion. Yeah, no, joking aside, there. <laughs> I don't even know if this is gonna be a very long run for Trevor because he's the the funny thing about Trevor Murdoch is, like you set it up, like he's not the guy that you would think would be champion. He was not the kind of guy that you think would beat Nick Aldis, but. At the same time, Nick Aldis had that belt for forever, and there was nobody really left for him to fight. So switch it over to a babyface for a while and let Trevor beat a couple of the bad guys or move it on to a different heel afterwards. It made, like you said, everything built. Trevor slowly got himself over with the NWA fan base, and it kept going and building, and they told a really great story. They got they had four matches, and Trevor lost all of them up to that one, but every ended in a weird way and stuff like that. So there wasn't like a definitive winner and it just, everything built to here. And let's be honest, Nick, all this is not buried by losing one match after a thousand day reign. So <laughs> so, so like I said, like I said, Trevor Murdoch could lose the belt in the power tapings that are happening this week like today I, you know what i actually thought of that like he, it, I, I, I call it the rhino treatment i know what happened to randy sacks twice but the rhino at the first half of glory what the hell did become fwa skinny chick we going to lose it on the next show back to jeff Jarrett. like i was like you know what i guarantee all this was back on tuesday they could be yeah but they had their moment Who? and you know what now they don't exactly. have- and, no, and, and no one's gonna care I mean, it's like you watch the first battle for glory. If you watch, it's one of my favorite. If you ever see the first battle for glory, it's one of my favorite shows ever. That leads on my top five list. And there's so many great matches. So many. Dude, it starts off with Samoa Joe versus Juice and Thunder Light. Come on. You get to the end, and, and Rhino goes through hell, literally. Uh, not literally, but uh, goes through hell and becomes champion. And that's all you remember. You don't, you don't bring up that he loses it two days later. That's it. You think maybe Ryan had this historic title run. And then all of a sudden you find out 20 years later when he becomes TNA Impact Tag Team Champion that this is his first title. But since that night, not 2004 or whatever it was. Okay, so let's move on from Trevor because there's so much other stuff that happened. Camille had a match with Layla Hirsch during Empower that was such a showcase for... Layla Hirsch. She is so good. And and I'm saying this because Camille doesn't have a lot of great matches. I'll, I'll be honest. Like she is, she's a huge woman. Brick house. She's, she's a brick house. She's a brick house. She's very good. I'm not saying that she's bad or anything, but the quality of match that she had with Layla Hirsch was off the charts and it was way better than the match she had with Chelsea Green uh, last night on the NWA 73. So Layla Hirsch. She's got that's, that's what Jersey does. That's just what Jersey does, Ryan. The pride. I know the announcer from Moscow, born in Moscow. What a great story. Comes stateside, becomes uh, a state champion in Hell's World, Jersey. It's just a great story. Yeah, and she's shining. She for shining. Jersey stole it between her and Deanna. Jersey stole both those shows. Yeah. So Camille does get a win over, over Layla on night one, which you know what? We thought it was going to be a squash for the first eight minutes. She ended up not being a squash at all. Layla had some very close nair falls, had her, had her in the cross arm breaker. So it was great. Camille went on. She beat Chelsea Green. Chelsea won the gauntlet match at the end of the night on night one to get that 
get that shot. Not as good a match as Layla Hirsch. You mentioned Deanna Perrazzo on NWA Empowered. She got her win over Molina. Great match. A lot of psychology in that match. Working the arm and things like that. I know you'll say it's a great story if. Uh, yeah, it's a great, it, it's a great story. You love complete utter domination. It's a great story. So Deanna Perrazzo gets her big win on NWA Power. She defends the Knockouts Championship. She showed up, though, on NWA 73 after Mickey James defeated Kylie Rice. Deanna comes out, but we don't know it's Deanna because it's this person under hood and everything like that. And I thought it was CM Punk. Yeah, like, at least. I, they might have done things with camera angles. Could have been. Could have been. I know. But it was Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna attacked Mickey James. So presumably... Deanna versus Mickey is going to be on an Impact show or on an NWA show. I'm sure they're going to build it up on both shows, regardless of what, what it is or where it is. But Al, you said to me a pre-production, and I think you're right. It's, it's got Bound for Glory written all over it. Yeah, I, when I was watching the replay uh, Impact on Saturday morning, I believe, I had a nice, you know, full body call off, be catching up on the wrestling I missed because that one was uh, down in Florida. Yeah, I was watching it and it, it just it, all the time she was popping up and just pissing you know, like Deanna's like this is a great you know, Mickey's Mickey's known for this. I think Mickey's last uh would she would she play Oscar for the last time she challenged for the Royal Women's title? And that was a big thing. You you always give Mickey credibility. That match you okay, maybe they will give Mickey one last one. And then I'm gonna rewind. I don't I don't look up this date for uh EWP tomorrow, but it was I wanna say I don't think it was London, but it was one of the early takeovers where she challenged Asuka for the NXT Championship. And it was just one of the, okay, and this is way before there was the undefeated streak or whatever. So I was like, if you could take this, you bring back, Nikki finds her way in these huge championship matches. And at 9.5 out of 10 times, she performs and she shines. I actually, and Check me on this, but I actually think it was deep into Asuka's NXT championship run that they brought Mickey in. And I think it's for the same reason with Deanna. Like Asuka had beaten almost everybody and they brought in Mickey as a credential, right? Mickey has yeah. history of championships in both Impact and in WWE. She is a legend still wrestling in, in terms of women's wrestling. She had great feuds with all the people that are retired, the Trish Stratuses stuff like that. Mickey James, you get a win over Mickey James, that's a notch on your belt. So Asuka got it when she was NXT champion. And now it looks like Deanna's hunting for that credential and maybe she'll get that at Bound for Glory. Yeah. This, 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 there's, this, there's no better opponent you can do on it. It's a Bound for Glory is their version of WrestleMania. Their Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe I can see W if you want to do double or nothing. I know we only had this conversation before. I guess maybe double or nothing is their big anniversary event for their big you know, show. But this is their WrestleMania. This is where they're going to show out. And they already sent in the promo. This is going to be in a promotional. And if you have you know, an in a promotional match where they she could lose the Impact Championship, the Impact Knockouts Championship to an NWA. And it's going to happen that it's uh, bound for Gloria. It's going to culminate, hopefully. Boy, it takes a lot of trust. Just on impact real quick, man, they're showing a lot of trust in these other companies, right? They've sent the tag belts to New Japan. They've sent the world title to AEW, and it's been in AEW for months now. And yeah, so the precedent is set. So it's not crazy to think that Deanna could lose the belt to Mickey, right? It's not, with well, this whole thing. Yes, that is, that, that is very crazy. 
Do you end up losing? Yeah. And it's extremely great. It's so great. I know. <laughs> like when this thing first started, whenever you see these companies working together, oh, they, they're not going to let their title go to the other company. Yeah. That's not, that's off the tape. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's now I would, I would be completely shocked. <laughs> yeah. I, I probably would be too. Actually, I'm surprised that Mickey James beat Kylie Ray, to be honest. But I guess if they're setting this up, she has to win. Yeah. When is Deanna start challenging the AEW roster? When is AEW going to, where, where are those women going to get the ovaries to come over and fight Deanna? It seems like they're avoiding her. Travis and I are going to talk about All Out tomorrow. Deanna has said publicly a bunch of times that she would like to be wrestling in AEW. How come that, how come she hasn't been able to walk through the door? How come no woman has been able to walk through the door, basically, from Impact into AEW? And they got this Casino Battle Royal coming up at All Out. Yeah. And they don't have 21 people on that are active. And if you, and if the Japanese people aren't over, they have even less. So it's a good possibility that you have some debut debuts, maybe that don't sign, or you have some people walk through the door. So we'll see what happens. Maybe Deanna's one of them. But well, I would keep Deanna out of that because she would have to win. I would keep Deanna out of that. I'd send Tennille and Jordan over. Just let those two, like Tesla, dip your toe in the water with the two best girls that you got and see how they, and just watch them dominate. Cause it, I'm sorry, it, it, it's it's not a shot at the impact when I love women's wrestling. Power was great. I, I just think the knockout division is just 10 times better than AEW. And that's not a shot. They have a bunch of women, Swole, Swole can go, Swole's great. But it's just, I just feel like the knockout's level, it's just on another level. And I just want to see what Jordan and Tennille do uh, in that set. There you go. She's been, you saw her. She'll be in it. Yeah, she probably will. Yeah, she will be in it. And she, you know, she already had the one match against Cheat, and now we had, you know, she saw her this weekend representing AEW at uh, in Power, and in, uh, in a great showing in that battle. Well, she's number two, and I think she might have made it to the final four, uh, if not five. She got hit by a Slamovich, Masha Slamovich. If she was in the the final four, I yeah. think she was the final three, but but real quick to close the loop on the Power and the NWA weekend because we've gone almost a half hour on it at this point. Allison Kay and Marty Bell, they won the vacant NWA World Tag Team titles. We haven't had women's tag titles in NWA since the 80s. Not since I, I want to, I have to look up the recent, the history here, but I want to say they went to the WWE and that was it. I, those, you know, those belts are just calling out the sea stars, right? I had the sea stars in there. Those are perfect for them. Where I can. You're the champions. So Allison and Marty Bell won those. I want to make a point though that. Kylan King looked amazing in both the matches. She was, I thought, the uh, the star of that tournament. So I don't know what they're doing. They got to get her signed to a big deal. Oh my God, Terry Gordy, uh, Terry Gordy's Terry Gordy's daughter. Oh yeah. Oh my God, uh, the, the the freebies. You all bring them out there and pick out Terry Gordy's daughter. And like, ah, that's just Terry. That's just Terry with long hair. Great, absolutely great. All right, now I am going to set us up here. We've got a. We got to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about all the headlines from the lat from the weekend. And I'm probably trying to bring up my commercial now. So I'll say something smart. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, two plus two. If you love the daily wrestling news show, then I want to tell you how you can support us first check out bodyslamclothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20. And all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. 
and join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a pick'em league to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, we're back for headlines. <laughs> Al, did you see the new NXT logo? Yeah, okay. Who said that's the new logo? Triple. From the tweet I saw on WWE, it said like this comic. I said nothing that was the new logo. It said that nothing that were being rebranded. It said, who, who is spreading this, Ryan? Who, I, that's not what I saw. WWE. WWE did a commercial during uh, Raw or SmackDown that's, that did the whole new NXT logo and said coming soon. So that is the new logo. That's not just some type of trippy, like, yeah, no, that's... uh, that 70s guy, Mike Awesome or superstar Billy Graham, tie dye, something, you know, that's, that's their new logo. That's the new logo. Yep. All right. You okay? Hunter Edge must. <laughs> and Hunter Edge must. You know, it's going to be different. Sorry. It's going to be obvious. Uh, how get stories So imagine we have new title belts. We got to get new logos. We got to rebrand everything. That's why they're probably taking the three weeks off to the table. They got to rebuild the CWC to be more hippie-ish, more veggie burrito. Uh, PW Insider did confirm this morning that NXT intends to go live on 914 and remain live from that point forward. So yeah, I think you're spot on. It was the rebranding NXT. It looks... It, to say that like maybe Bob Ross made this new at logo wouldn't be out of hand. Like it's wow. great colors. It's happy. I would say that the NXT that we've had up to this point has been like, I don't know, like a concert, like a, like a small venue underground type concert. And now we're going to be more mainstream, bright colors. You're going to have lights and things like that in the arena. It's, it's going to look, have a completely different look. It's not going to have probably like the chain link fences that we're used to seeing in, the, no. in this mosh pit style wrestling show. It's going to be a different look. It's going to be a different look. So yeah, apparently like you said, it, I, there was a comment last Tuesday. I, it came through on my personal Facebook post uh, that my sure translated into the comments section on the Essential Wrestling Podcast. I wasn't there, but my funny Kenny, he's calling this a failure. He's calling NXT a failure. And you want to know my opinion about Triple H failing and having to now, this is not, this is Triple H being too good and Vince being pissed off and making change. That's what I'm saying. I think NXT was better than Raw and SmackDown. Well, SmackDown's good. The NXT was the best thing WWE had going. And now Vince, I'm hearing rumors that he doesn't want to sign indie guys. And now he wants to change everything. He wants to be more developmental. And he wants to knock them down. 
Some of that's not rumors. Some of those are direct quotes from WWE. WWE is not interested in hiring from independent wrestlers anymore. So yeah. AEW, they, I believe they said AEW can have all of them. They're gonna, they have all directions. They don't have them all, and there's still a lot, still a lot of independent wrestlers out there. But WWE's not shopping for them anymore. They're going to be looking to major athletes, college athletes, and different standouts from different air areas. This is not a knock on them. Look, there's enough room for everybody. Ric Flair just said it in his promo. There's people. There's a lot of people that want to work in this business that can't work at WWE. Yeah, there you go. So yes, I I think there's something to what you're saying. They were trying to accomplish something with NXT and it didn't accomplish that. And because it didn't accomplish that, uh, Vince McMahon or who, Nick Cohen or whoever made an opinion and said, since we didn't do that thing, let's go back to strict developmental and redo everything. Yeah, I agree. NXT was the best thing that WWE had, and it's not going to be that anymore. You never know. It, it could be because it, 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 it depends on how you want to watch wrestling now maybe this is apparently i'm in the i actually posted this on uh, facebook a couple of years ago and apparently i'm in the minority on this i just want to see the wrestling who's better than me. a lot of people rely on the storylines to get them through an episode like why is this guy fighting no with this whatever why is edge fighting book to over ship stuff like that if you're tuning in for the storyline hunter knows how to do that very well so i think the storyline part of it and making up stuff for these guys to fight about, I think you're going to be okay. It's the in-ring product. This is truly developmental. We're going to be seeing a lot of, it was that Fox Mania, it's whatever, it's YouTube. Yeah, that's totally true. And you're definitely going to see, and John Smith and I talked about this uh, last week, and we're going to continue. We over, John Smith and I are going to have a show this week because the Daily Wrestling News show is going to be off on Wednesday, Thursday this week, but... We're watching what we see on NXT and we're going to be reporting on the, on, uh, Wednesday mornings. We're going to see changes. And I think last week we talked about how a lot of people that we wouldn't really expect to be wrestling the top stars are, have started. Now we have what Duke Hudson versus Kyle O'Reilly. That match seems to come out of nowhere. You have Zion and Quinn who nobody had even heard of prior to last week. He takes a big win in the, what, what? the second to last segment of NXT last week. So you're going to start seeing new people come in, new people getting wins. And I don't think that we've had long, long 10 years in the NXT world. And I don't think they're getting rid of Johnny Gargano or Ciampa or anybody like that anytime soon, but we're not going to see another guy last as long as Johnny Gargano has lasted in NXT. That's not the model that they're going to go forward with. I don't think so. So yeah, you're right. We'll see changes, but you're right. We're going to still probably have decent stories, maybe even better stories than what we had with yeah. Vince sticking his hands in and pulling out carrying Cross way before there was a story to allow it on NXT type of thing. So, who survives this? Now, you see, are they not plucking from this tree anymore? And are they got call ups? I guess if you want to call them. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do with Kyle O'Reilly? Are they just they're just NXT Lapers now? Their job going forward is just to put over random Olympians that are not iffy wrestlers. Maybe I don't even know really what's the long term plan for Samoa Joe. He doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. This this whole not taking iffy wrestlers that's gonna, gonna stop because once they, I, that's gonna go. Go, I mean, maybe maybe about a year, but that's just gonna get old. That's there's no way there's not enough non indie talent out there for them to develop in time. 
to fill roster spots, especially if you're cutting 50 to 100 people in a year, plus call-ups, there's going to be nobody left. It's going to be two hours of Chopper versus Gargant. There's, yeah, they've had a history of some success pulling in people from outside world that weren't indie wrestlers. Going back years, you have to look, look at Mark Henry and even Bianca Bart Belair. If they had listened to Mark Henry, they would have had Jade Cargill. <laughs> so that's, there's a lot of, they have had history of making success. Kurt Angle is another one. You look at a long history to find a few good ones. So you see, there's a lot of names. You see, I don't know why Baron Corbin came to mind right off the bat, but he was not an indie wrestler. He was a football player, you know, it's in Brock Lesnar wasn't an indie wrestler. He was an NCAA wrestler. Like that's. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Let's move on from NXT because we can talk about that for ages. I think the SmackDown audience, the ratings for Friday night, they were up a lot. The Becky Lynch's return, the advertise and return of Brock Lesnar. We don't know the actual number for the rating on Friday yet, but because the NFL preempted a bunch of the markets for SmackDown. We don't quite have the final number, but it's expected to be still way. So that's the story with that, but that's good news. It says that Becky Lynch means a lot. And so does Brock Lesnar. And Liv Morgan. And Liv Morgan. That was Liv Morgan's return. But not advertised return. So the October 15th and 29th episodes of SmackDown will get bumped to FS1 for Major League Baseball. Roman playoffs. Yeah. Yep. Roman Reigns is going to be uh, fighting Finn Balor for the Universal Championship this Friday. That is an official match now on SmackDown. Doesn't mean that we're going to have a satisfying conclusion and that match doesn't continue on to Extreme Rules. I, in fact, I would venture to believe that's probably the case. I don't think they're going to break through that match that quickly. But today is the one year anniversary of Roman Reigns' Universal Championship win. So he has been champion for 365 contiguous days as of today. Let's you gotta acknowledge the tribal chief. This is this has been great. Keep it going. Like he's gonna beat Finn. He's gonna beat Brock. He's gonna beat Brock. He's gonna beat. I, I, I don't know who do you bring back after Rocky. Like I don't. <laughs> it's really. Well, I thought Brock Lesnar, but this seems like that's happening. <laughs> so <I> move on. <laughs> Hulk Hogan versus Roman Reigns, SummerSlam. There's your answer. Well, no, exactly. There's your answer, Hulk Hogan. Bray Wyatt's gone from WWE, but The Fiend is getting some new merch. You can get a Funko Pop of Bray Wyatt as The Fiend with a Santa Claus hat. Apparently that's coming out if it's not out already. So there you go. Might as well. And he hasn't changed his Twitter handle yet. Is he really gone? I think we're, I, I think Bray Wyatt is that good to the point. You know, this is a great story. Let's see. Just yeah, like, but, but, but I'm cool when I'm the pat back. Oh my God, this is real. Love it. <laughs> Let's wait that out then. I, I'm pretty sure he's going on. They may have so. They may hire him back. Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net reported that Jim Ross was going to vacate his announced post on Dynamite. He was going to go back to only doing sit-down interviews and maybe some things in the backstage area. That's not news. That's bullshit. And that's been verified by Tony Cummins himself. That's not a thing. So I'm not sure where. Cassidy Haynes got programming. No, no daily wrestling news show from Wednesday to Monday. Cause I am headed to Chicago for all out and rampage and dynamite GCW black label pro and AAW. So I'll be busy. Nice. Nice. Uh, I got one article that I saw. I wanted to get your opinion on it, It's the fact I, it was, I didn't write it down, but I think I saw the headline 
that The Rock was a quote-unquote virtual lock for WrestleMania. So my question is, why would they do this virtually and not have him in person? He's more available, right? Like, he doesn't have to show up. <laughs> yeah, but why put him in a tank, Sean? That's so stupid. Yeah, see, this is how that rumors get so virtual. It's on the big Zoom call on the Titan Tron Rock. Yeah, I, funny. <laughs> we'll see, though. I'm excited for the potential return of the Rock at Survivor Series. I think that'd be awesome. And then set up the WrestleMania match. That's what everybody thinks. And Survivor Series is in Brooklyn. So not hard to get to, Al. Now it's not hard to get to. I, I mean, we uh, hope they'll be working that night and I'll be missing the whole entire thing. But I've already lost that place is in my heart. I love the Barclays Center. For Monday Night Raw tonight, it's in Oklahoma City. There are 4,700 seats the arena set up for. Only 288 seats left. So it seems like they're meeting projections there. The Miz versus John Morrison tonight. Sheamus versus Lashley. And Eva Marie, Al, Eva Marie versus Dewdrop. And I yep. make a bold prediction now that Eva Marie is going to get Dewdropped tonight. Oh, you think so? Oh, okay. I think so. I think we're going to have an Eva Marie win. I think we're going to have a Miz win. It's going to be a great Raw tonight. Is the, is the, are all these matches feel like they will continue on to extreme rules? It feels like these. Exactly. Like, Miz, is, Miz, is, Miz has got Raw rule up written all over it on the ropes, however dirty, whatever, just so they can have some, some sort of, uh, some sort of cage match or whenever, whenever stipulation. It's Johnny Drip Drip, so it's a waterboard for the win or something. Yeah, you can drink the capsule. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, that would probably be it, yeah. All right, now let's get out of here. Anything else in the world of wrestling we need to talk about? Oh my God, we called on Eva Marie. That, keep talking about Raw, let's go. That's it, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited for All Out. I'm excited that you're going to be able to go and make sure you get a minute the goal time sign going or... If you want to throw a PWP slide up there, Pro Wrestling, I'll give some business cards to hand out if you don't mind. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for All Out. Uh, I uh, tune into the Central Wrestling Podcast tomorrow. We're going to be making our picks. Ryan, make sure you send me your picks and I will make sure that they are on air so everybody knows where your head's at because you are in the lead right now. So people are going to want to know you were the top. That's it. Top. All right. <laughs> All right. Braille, I'm Ryan. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow's the final show of the week for the Daily Wrestling News Show. Have a great week.